welcome to the Tech Savvy Professor podcast. Two faculty who love tech and love making it part of their work. I'm Marty Gensius, uh, Associate Professor at Kent State University, and my co-host... I'm Eric Perry. I'm a clinical faculty member at Southern New Hampshire University. So, Eric, how was your week? We talked about maybe you getting a new tablet. I talked about getting some new equipment, which I'm recording this show with right now. Uh, but what what happened on your end? So I did. I, I ended up ordering a tablet. Uh, I went with the 128 gig model, which they didn't have in stock uh, of the Samsung A8. So in testing some of the other versions, uh, the older versions, and then the light model, um, I had some Bluetooth issues in terms of responsiveness. I really wanted to be able to use a keyboard case with it. Um, so they let me, you know, hook one up that I that they had laying around um, just to kind of mess around with it. And I wanted the bigger screen. So um, I'm waiting on that now, but I'm excited to get it in and, and kind of link it up with the rest of the stuff I have here. So the question I have to ask is, did you order it from the store that you demoed it in? Uh, yeah. Which oh. usually I don't. <laughs> usually I don't. Um, but, you know, they, the customer service was good. The price difference was negligible. So it was easier just to order it, I think, while I was there and have it done. Yeah. Well, uh, I've been getting itchy waiting for new technology. And to be honest, after last week's discussion, I thought maybe I should get a, yet another tablet and and did not pull the trigger. Tried a couple of times with a loaded gun on on amazon and did not pull the trigger so I, i'm i'm waiting for the new apple releases that'll come up in about a month or so and see what happens there um i did get a new microphone finally it came in and i've got a new mixing board so we'll play with that for a while and see how it goes this week was kind of crazy because it was the end of our summer classes and that meant lots of grading to do right. and uh, that is always an issue for me because I don't, I, I really don't like repetitive tasks that I have to pay enough attention to that I'm not screwing up. Mm -hmm. Um, if it's just filing papers or sorting papers, I can do something else and it, it won't affect it. But with grading, you've got to have some focus in it, but it's a repetitive task. So the app I want to talk about this week is Text Expander. And it is the purpose, the sole purpose of Text Expander is to take short macros. Those would be symbols or words that you've collected together. And when you put that in, it will expand out to a whole set of text that you might have written many, many times. So with these types of programs, and there's a variety of them, Text Expander is the one that I've kind of landed on and sat with for and worked with for years. Come in, it comes in really handy with uh, responding to essays, responding to papers, responding to exams where people are making the same mistakes on the, the same question. So all you have to do is put in a set of characters. So I use it for, for grading in some cases and have to personalize it when I'm grading to a degree. But for repetitive stuff like that, it's great. I also use it for response to lots of, of email. 
I work on a listserv that has 6,000 members and then another listserv that has around 1,500 members. And I get lots of the same questions from the listserv. And so using something like a, a text uh, assistance is very, very helpful for the same question. So um, I don't know, you've had some experience or exposure with this. I can talk more about how they actually work, but um, you're you're talking about a different app. Yeah. So the one I've used and actually just started using this week because it's, it's funny that you talk about it because I, I was helping a friend out who, who's out on leave. And part of her responsibilities is, is to respond to emails from students about our, our residency experience. So they'll have a lot of questions about travel and things like that. And she has uh, a whole set of responses for each of those questions that tend to come in a lot that give some more detail. Um, so she kind of walks that line of what we post and, um, you know, those questions that will tend to come in, even though the information's there or you know, they'll ask for additional details. So I have this Word document with all these standard responses. Um, and, you know, even before uh, in our previous show, I had some of these lined up to test. So when you emailed me about, hey, I'm giving this a try, uh, the text expander, I went in and tried Text Blaze, which is a, a Chrome extension that does, uh, it's, it's similar. So it's free. Um, it allows you to use these these same macros. And what you'll do is you'll set these up and it's a forward slash and then a short phrase that you'll put in that it'll then recognize and then put in that text from that macro. So I've used it a lot this week for email. Um, and and it seems to work out really well. I think the biggest issue is that if it's something you don't use a lot, then you forget what those phrases are and you need the key up for you somewhere. So I have it like sitting on my other screen until I remember what those macros are. And then, you know, as I use them more, I tend to remember the ones I use more often. Uh, it worked really well grading in D2L. So that's the system that we use, um, grading and turn it in. Uh, so I had to grade some papers and similar types of things, you know, giving similar types of feedback or thoughts about reflections um, in, in assignments that are kind of moving forward or stacked. Um, it was really, really helpful this week. I think it'll be even more helpful as I start to remember more of those, um, you know, quick uh, yeah. macro. You know, to be honest with you, I forget them too, but I've been using it for years. That doesn't mean I remember them any better. So when I'm ready to, there's a few that I remember because I'm using them daily. But when I'm ready to like do an assignment that I've done in a class the previous year, I don't remember what the macros are that I created for it. So I'll copy and paste it into a separate like Word doc or any type of text doc on the side. So as I'm as I'm using it in the assignment, I can refer to that and remember what what the responses are and more importantly, what the macros are. So to explain it to listeners, you you talk about a backslash. I saw that when I looked at text blaze. Um can do you only use a backslash? Is it the only way it's triggered, or can you use anything? Do you know? Uh, no, the, it's a backslash only. So that's what keys the extension yeah. off to know that you're putting in a macro. Yeah, um, yeah, and it does have another limitation that I think is interesting. So it it actually links to your Chrome account, your Google account. Mm -hmm. So if you're using a Google account, a different Google account, you need that extension then on that account in order to be able to use it. Yeah. 
is it is it only work with Google apps? I mean, I, when you say email, are you using Gmail and then it works in there? Are, are you using browser any bra, any Chrome browser based system it would work with, like DTL or whatever? Yeah, so it, it should work within Chrome fine and tested it fine there. It worked within Outlook and Gmail. Okay. Um, it just seems to be when when you're logged into a different Google account in Chrome, you have to switch in order to get access to your macros for that account. Yeah, well, you know, I I looked at it, and of course, the competitor or one of the competitors is Text Expander, and I typed in, tell me the differences between Text Expander and Text Blaze. And Text Expander has created a whole page on what Text Blaze can't do, but supposedly Text Expander does. When we talk about snippets, for example, I, I run this listserv, I get requests probably five or six a day from doctoral students who want to post their research to the listserv, a uh, research request. That's appropriate netiquette. I appreciate it, but I've got to write these letters um, at least five times a day. So I use, and I think you can use any prompt with Text Expander, but I use a semicolon followed okay. by a letter or number combination because the idea here, like you do with backslashes, is generally the back backslash will trigger it and will read what's what's happening after the backslash. But rarely do you put a semicolon with no space in a document. So these things won't pop up accidentally. So I have one called a semicolon C-E-S-S-U-R-1 and semicolon C-E-S-S-U-R-1. Three and what it generates, and, and I think this happens for text plays too, from what I've read about it. It will generate a whole email, and you can set that up so you can have a, a namespace at the beginning and it stops there. You put the name in, you can put an email address, you can you can personalize it if you put those spaces into the actual text. And so I just go do that macro. The email pops up and then I put the person's name in and I put in their email address. Or if there's some concern, I can there's a space for me to to write about those concerns in there. Press done and I'm out. Um, and it's it's a great time saver and also sort of mind saver because you don't have to waste your brain cells figuring that stuff out. Right. And which I think is neat. And, and you know, I will say. The, the limitations for text plays for the free account are many. So there's a lot of features, I think, that that open up uh, with the pro version. And that includes the like what you're talking about, actually um, creating dynamic forms. So it'll allow you to create so you can tab through just those spaces you've left and enter the information instead of just putting in the text. Um, and then like almost like an autofill kind of function that you can use um, that works within Excels or tables that allows you to autofill certain data. So depending on what you're doing, you know, I can really see the utility in it. Um, but the the base features were enough for me to, you know, get some utility out of it. If you go to the the priced section, and because I looked at pricing, text expander, I think is $3.33 a month. And text blaze is 
I think a month. I looked at some other programs like Typhonator, which is a Mac, only a Mac-based program, and that is $19 a year. So these things kind of balance out, you know, most all of them, all of them have trial periods. So you can find the one that you're, you, you love or seems to work for you. Text Expander works on Windows, Mac, iPhone, and iPad, but not on Android. I tried to find some way to, uh, if there was an Android uh, version of it, and it's not. But it does work cross-platform and really works on any apps that are open at the time. You can use it. Talks about security. The, the site talks a lot about SOC2 security, which I had never heard about before, but apparently it's Service Organization Control Type 2. It's a cybersecurity compliance framework that ensures third-party service providers store and process client data securely. It's created by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants. So if you can't trust a certified public accountant, who can you trust? Right. Um, and, and so, you know, I like I said, I've I've settled on text expander because it works on multiple devices and at least works on the two platforms that I work on, which are Windows and Mac. And uh, I'm disappointed there isn't something. I think there's apps for Android, but nothing like text expander. Well, I think it's cool that you mentioned security too, and, and we could potentially do a whole nother episode on this. Um, so if you're using a platform or you're using a, a third-party like portal app, you know, there's a few out there like Company Portal and and those that that uh, basically serve as your company VPN. And, you know, universities have have several of those. It can limit the utility of some of these apps and it can block them uh, if they're not properly secured. So I think that's one thing to to consider, too, especially if you're thinking about mobile devices and using some of these apps, because um, I've noticed in, in trying out a couple of different things having this installed on the Android, it will pop up and block uh, anything that pulls data, uh, you know, and saves data in a certain way without certain security measures. And and I think it's something that I want to look at a little closer myself to see what that is. But it sounds like this is something that uh, may help with that particular issue. Yeah, I, I would like to talk about universities and how they seem to be managing what apps can access their data and what can't now. I never had that problem in the past, and maybe this is an idea for another show, but um, I recently was trying to do unified calendar because I have an iCloud calendar, I have a university calendar, and I have a Gmail calendar. And I'm trying to get everybody to do stuff on Gmail, and that's how I set it up. But the university is a staunch Outlook and Microsoft calendar system. And I just do not like that interface in lots of ways. When we talked about that, I think the previous uh, show, we talked a little bit about the the new outlook mm -hmm. um, is kind of, kind of uh, funky. Um, but so I'm trying to unify it. And when I tried to do that calendar and use a particular calendar and sign it up with my university account, the university rejected it and said, we, we won't, allow you to access your data through this calendar. So the university is kind of tightening the ship around what they'll let you act, how you'll access and how you won't. So I'm still looking for that perfect platform unified calendar. So maybe we'll talk about calendars 
some yeah, shows. Sure. I know that's that's cool. Do you have any other ideas or thoughts about the next episode? I don't know. I'm hoping I'll have a tablet to talk about for sure. Um, to start to walk through that. And then I'm, uh, I'm hoping I won't have a tablet to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give it another month. You can make it. You can do it. <laughs> I understand the impulse though. Yeah. Well, uh, we will hopefully have you all listening to us in the next episode. And uh, how can you get involved? Well, if you've got a tech question, if you're trying to figure out how to do something with technology or have an idea to share, email us at the pod talk network at gmail.com or call us and leave a message at 330-333-1240. And we'll play your question in the podcast and try and get an answer for you. Our bumper music is from Philip Gross Rast from the free music archive. That's it for today. And thanks for subscribing to the tech savvy professor podcast. You can find us by searching Apple Podcasts for The Tech Savvy Professor. Look for us on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. Look for our other shows like Circular Firing Squad on thepodtalk.net. Thanks for listening to The Tech Savvy Professor. 